Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Amber. And I'm Jessie. And this is Glowing in Tech. Tech. Sponsored by Makers. Hello, hello. We are back for round two. Last week, we spoke to Adrian about her experience with the boot camp at Makers and the full-time scholarship that she received, as well as how she's landed her first role in a cloud-native company. So today, we're going to be doing career challenges and also spilling what the tech tea is. So we're going to start off with the career challenge segment. And Adrian, this is your opportunity to talk about a career challenge that you faced and how you overcame that. Mm. So because I'm quite new in my tech career mm-hmm. and I've only had one role and that role so far for like for me has been great um so I'll have to talk more about the job hunting phase of mm-hmm. things yeah mm-hmm. boot camp and just how essential it is to kind of keep your moral high during that period keep very on top of it and on top of what you're applying for um the companies that you're applying for what they're about because you I don't know preparing for interviews is very important as well and actually knowing what the company does and being able to say things like reference their values and referencing the things that they've done their past clients Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but yeah definitely preparing for interviews but when it's like three interviews in a week it's very it can be quite draining it's exhausting you're having to put on this whole big like like kind of mask and Mm. do all of the passion to justify why you deserve a role like it's a really hard thing to do Mm. so what were some of the things that you found challenging about that um things I found challenging was just keeping on top of which company did what yeah no yeah (laughs) which company did what and also keeping on top of what I've already said to people like in the the second stage of interview it's like oh did I mention this already did I not um, so it's important to kind of keep notes. A good thing about doing interviews over Zoom is that documents, Google Docs, like this job, this, 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 this is what I said, mm. this is what I'm going to say, they mentioned this, they mentioned that. And then once the interview is done, close that doc, next doc, different job. Just constantly Ooh, having that up. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Referencing. Um, and also being very specific about, yeah, that company and what they actually do and their clients like examples from their websites and all the stuff um yeah and so as part of this job application process I can imagine like you might not have got the first job that you applied for yeah what was it like receiving some of those rejections um I think rejections are definitely in the long run a good thing because mm. as long as they can give you some feedback exactly that, and I really pushed people to be like okay can I have some feedback especially um pair programming feedback mm. um and then learning from that for the next time mm-hmm. that, you, that you do it like no, mm-hmm. no I need to focus on this I need to focus on this um I think yeah feedback is overall just very important when you're applying for jobs knowing what to kind of do the next time yeah and it's also a great um it gives you a great direction in terms of where what focus areas you need to like 
focus on? <laughs> what areas? What areas that you need to focus on? So I remember I was asked about Git commands. And I did, I honestly thought the terminal was a bit of pants. Like, I just didn't think that people could use, I don't know why, I just didn't think Were you using everything in like a GUI? No, no, I was like, so like with VS Code, I would just like go on file, open, like I just wouldn't do it via the terminal. And obviously at the time, I didn't know too much about GitHub. I was doing the fake kind of GitHub app thing where they just, they do the pushing and pulling for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I remember like being asked about Git commands and I was thinking, damn, this whole Git thing is actually legit. I yeah. actually do need to, need to know. <laughs> need to know this. <laughs> and yeah, so I think that with rejections and especially when you get good feedback, you can just use that to your advantage to be stronger for the next interview. Definitely. Like, did you do things like writing down the questions that you were asked? Like, what kind of top tips would you give to someone when they're going through that kind of difficult phase? Um, definitely... I, I don't think I wrote down the questions when they were asked, but I took time, some time to think. I didn't just mm. answer straight away or, yeah, I took some time to process what they were actually saying. Yeah. Which can be a so tough thing think, to do because yeah. you want to just jump in straight away. Like, that's I'm what I do. That. And then you say <laughs> something that's the wrong answer and you're like, shit. And it's like, wait, what was the question again? You know, sometimes I'll be chatting, chatting, chatting. And I'm like, wait, what was the question that you asked me? Because I'm just going off on a tangent Yeah, here. and that's what you do when you're nervous. It's not yeah. nervous. But normally, like, the interviewer wants to see you win. Like, they're yeah. not out to get you. Yeah. So, which yeah, that's is really true. nice. And sometimes, like, I remember, oh my gosh. So this was when I was actually waiting to start my first ever role. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing interviews at other companies just because I just wanted to practice. It was the worst interview of my life. I think I told you about this. Oh, I was yeah. just screaming afterwards. I just, it, one, <gasps> one, one top tip I would give you is make sure you know what interview you're going to have. I assume. See if you had the docs. If I had the, if I had the docs or at least ask the question because with the first mm. interview, who pair programs on the first interview? No, you don't. Yeah. Right? It's usually like an intro chat. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine I'm doing up, I'm Amber, introduce myself, and he's doing up like he's trying to wrap it up. I'm yeah. thinking, why are you trying to wrap this up? <laughs> so yeah, so today we're going to be doing a code, a pair, pair programming exercise. No. When I say I collapsed. <laughs> and the thing is, it was a front end interview and I had, I was you're a Python babe. Yeah, I yeah. was a Python babe at the time. So yeah, please just make sure you know what interview you're applying, that um, is coming up. Yeah. Um, because I was, your girl was caught off guard and she was screaming afterwards. Oh, yeah, you were very upset. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's normal to, like, to feel upset when things don't go your way. But also it's like to to not pretend like it doesn't hurt. Yeah, no, 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 it, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But it's not a reflection of you per se, but it just shows that the areas that you just need to work on. Mm-hmm. And it's just gave me a great insight into what front end interviews are like. So I just knew like, because now I could do that, which makes me even more upset. So it wasn't actually a hard interview. No, <laughs> like, yeah, actually, you just weren't. You just weren't really. It actually wasn't a hard interview. And this guy is being so patient with me because he's like, he's asking me these questions. I do not know the answer. And the thing is, I didn't want to, basically, I just wanted to turn off my Wi-Fi and just disappear. But I was like so scared that if I did that, then he would remember me. Because it's got a memorable thing to like, this girl just (laughs) quit. quit. So I was like, I'll just suck through it. But like, sometimes you just have to sit through it and the interview will be nice and they'll help you out, which is really good. Mm. But yeah. If you're unprepared for the interview, because you know I'm always saying to stop before you're ready. <laughs> like, it comes There's a balance. There's, There's a, a balance. balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, oh, another tip that I always do is have some water. 
So yeah, when they ask me a question, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let me just have a sip of water. That is so good. Buy yourself some time. Yeah, buy yourself some time for sure. Um, And then when it comes to pairing, um, practice pairing and rubber ducking, talking through it, being like, oh, I'm going to Google this because in the job you, you have Google there. You're not going to have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. No one has all the answers. So yeah, just be confident that you can find the answer. Yeah. I love that. Love it. Okay. It is my favorite time of the episode. It's what's the tech tea. Adrian will be sharing her controversial take of the tech industry. And what will that be today? That will be, um, so yes, I don't have much experience in tech yet, but I can definitely speak from previous career experience. Um, and today we're going to touch on the phenomenon of office, pet to office threat, which I've heard is it's quite a thing in tech. I've, mm-hmm. I've not experienced it yet, but um, I've definitely heard through um, people doing talks and stuff that it is a thing. Um, and it seems to be a thing across loads of different careers definitely so what is pet to threat so office pet to threat is a phenomenon that i think it was like a study that was done on black women in various careers i Mm -hmm. think that in the medium article which talked about the study that be available in the show notes Huh? Sorry, I'm just going to say it will be all of the notes <laughs> oh, yeah. to be available in the show notes. <laughs> um, that person was um, in the legal profession. Mm. Um, but it is when you first start your career or first start a new job um, and people are like excited to have you in the office. They're like, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're more junior um, they'll take care of you. They'll be like, mm. oh, yeah, she's an intern. You yeah. love her. Great. Like bring you along. And then obviously you're keen to help. Like, oh, yeah, can I help? And I don't know, sort out your documents, whatever. So it's, it's all it's all going good. But it's when you want to start to like have a bit more of a voice and just like, I'm not actually just an intern. I want to like progress in this career. I want to climb the career ladder that it starts to get a bit techy. Mm-hmm. Because then people start to see you as more of um, competition for their role or for their, um, the attention of like say um, partners or whatever in the business or um, high level seniors in the business. Um, so yeah, you're seeing if it's more of a more competition and more threats. They would they would then not treat you as favorably. Mm. Um, and I think I've definitely experienced this in previous careers, mm-hmm. oh, no. especially working in corporate. It's when you're like an intern, everyone's like, "Yeah, she's great, amazing." Mm-hmm. The feedback is like off the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's when you want to start to progress, you notice that um, your counterparts mainly white counterparts are promoted like way ahead of you even they're like same same everyone's saying mm. you're great or whatever um yeah promoted like ahead of you or treated more favorably or given more um more that the clients that are better or will help them progress more mm. would help them practice leadership more because you need to practice that kind of thing yeah. you need to also be given the opportunity um but i definitely think that's a real thing in the workplace in general. Absolutely. And it, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's one of the things that makes it so insidious is that it, it can be really subtle things. Like you said, Ooh. it's like just, you you wouldn't be able to necessarily say, oh, he's been given a better client than me because it's such a tiny thing, but it, yeah. it's not just that one thing. It's like the sum of all of those things. Mm. And it can be really hard to like justify that it exists. And you can, it, it can kind of almost be like, 
you're just seeing things. It's not actually happening. The gaslighting. Yeah, Do that's you know what I mean? it. It's so easy to gaslight you and just yeah. say, oh, like they're getting this because of this. But sometimes it's, again, the unconscious bias. That Definitely. So they don't even realize that they're now seeing you as a threat. They're just seeing, oh, oh, she's a high performer. And for some reason that makes me feel uncomfortable. And for some reason, I just want to give this person opportunities and I don't want to see you thrive. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it's just so, I don't even think they realize that they're doing no, it. No, that change happens for them without them noticing. Yeah, and but and that's what makes it harder for us to like invoke that change because they don't even have the awareness that they're doing it in order to change. And that, and you know when you see so much resistance, I don't want to say so much, but like when you see some resistance when it comes to unconscious bias training because people think they don't, they don't need to do it. Mm. Nobody wants to admit they have yeah. unconscious yeah, bias. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I feel like this keeps coming up in the episode. Like, I'm not sorry, people. Like, it's a running theme. But yeah, it's so important for that to be addressed because it can leave us, like, I think that, I know Hustle Crew sent um, a newsletter and they said something like, I think over 50% of black employees will leave. Like, if they feel like, if they feel excluded in the workplace mm. and they just don't feel like they're being promoted and getting that, those kind of opportunities. Mm. So yeah, I think it's a hard thing for us to navigate within. Yeah, our how do you deal with it? What was how was how did you deal with that? Yeah. When you had those feelings. Um, firstly, you have to you have to remind yourself that you're not going crazy. Yeah, yes. yeah. People and be like, is this actually like? Am I actually going mad here? Mm. Um, there's one example from like ages ago, um, NPR, where I was I was constantly like, oh, I want to be in front of the client. I want to like you know, get recognized because once a client knows you, you're more valuable to them. They trust you. Um, and the senior on the team was like, oh no, I'm going to keep sending so-and-so into the client office, into the client office. And I was like, okay, like, okay, I'll just work in our office then and not have any exposure. And then it was the, and then, yeah. And then he goes to me, oh no, you can go into um, the office this day. It was the day after the Christmas party. And oh I was like, like <laughs> no one's doing anything like, after Christmas. No party. way, not meeting a client. Are you crazy? But then I was like, this is this can't be a coincidence. Like I've been yeah. asking you for months to put me in front of the client, and you and you say to me, yeah, I can do it the day after the Christmas party. Like, so you just have to run it. I had to run it by some people and be like, is this like, am I actually going mad? Yeah. Um, and kind of yeah, look inwards and be like, no, you're actually not going mad because there's certain things that you've seen heard seen how other people have been treated and um yeah you have to just know that no this is not on yeah mm. and that's why articles like that is so important mm. because it puts like I remember first reading that I think it was I think it went around on Twitter at one point mm. maybe like a few months ago or last year or a few years. it's been out for a while no yes but, it's been out for a while yeah I heard about it in lockdown yeah, yeah. I think it was lockdown yeah, as well lockdown. yeah and I just remember <laughs> reading that I'm like Oh my gosh, like this puts my, like it really helped me to recognize that this is something that I've also experienced. Yeah. And that, like, you're not it making was a it thing. Up. Yeah. But I just didn't, you know, when you don't realize that it's a thing. Mm. So I'm thinking, oh, like it's probably just me that's going through this mm-hmm. rather than it being a thing. And it's not better that it's a thing, but it's good that you know that you're not the only one. Yeah, it validates the experience. Yeah. And because I think a, one of the most dangerous things about it is it can make you doubt yourself and think that you're not doing something right. Mm. And it's absolutely nothing to do with you, which again is like, can be empowering because you're like, it's not that, it's not me, but it's also disempowering because you're like, oh shit, this is society. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And that's why it's not good. That's why I was saying like, it doesn't necessarily make me feel better that a lot of us experience it because it sucks that like, yeah. 
we all kind of experienced it at some point. Yeah. And to some degree, that really sucks. Mm. <sighs> but what are some of the things we can do to mitigate it? The article was really good. Um, I was rereading it and it was like, well, yeah, at the end it was like, you need to find um, other outlets. Like I think the girl who was a lawyer joined um, another legal group where she could exercise leadership. Mm. Um, and you have to find things outside of work. And it's also a reminder that the work is not necessarily who you are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's your job. It's mm-hmm. not who you are. Like you can find other avenues, which is um, reassuring, but also disheartening at the same time. Yeah, exactly. If you're enjoying your role, yeah. yeah you, sometimes you do just have to look elsewhere exactly. and, and find something else and find somewhere that will value you. Or like you said, look for upskilling opportunities elsewhere, which is, yeah, it's like we should just be able to do that in our day to day. Yeah. So that's the end of part two with Adrian. It's been fantastic to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. And we will have all the resources and links that you mentioned in the show notes. And as well, where can we keep up with you if we want to stay in touch? Um, So probably Twitter is the best. I have um, a professional Twitter. (laughs) And it's info by Adrian. Lovely. Oh, lovely. Stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a review. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, follow us on socials at Glowing in Tech on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. If you're listening on any streaming platform, please give us a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, give us a comment and and subscribe. So before we end the episode, I'd love to introduce a new section called the Community Comments. We've been getting some incredible discussions across our social media, and I think it's only fair that we share some of those discussions with our listeners and viewers. So in Michaela's part two episode, we discussed the difficulty and accessibility issues with technical interviews. I'd like to start with some of those discussions we've been having on Twitter, and our Twitter is at Glowing in Tech if you want to follow along and get involved. So Shav, shout out to you has left a comment saying, Michaela ate and left no crumbs in part two. Took the words right out of my mouth about technical interviews. At Glowing in Tech was singing to the choir with this topic. I live for your opinions, Michaela. Shout out to you, Shav. Love that you're so encouraging. I know that you yourself have made an incredible amount of progress this year. So it'd be great to talk to you one day soon. And we had a response from B-L-I-E-P-J-E-S on the topic of how inaccessible it can be to ask somebody to come up with a coding solution in 30 minutes. And they said the problem is the input-output ratio at which instant entropy is simply somehow seen from perception of non-applied relativity. In short, most people think that they can prompt smart people because they know the answer, but understand you can't prompt a human like ChatGPT. That's bars. With the same topic on TikTok, we had Emmett Norton113 tell us that he had to do a coding challenge in a Google Doc for an interview, saying that was brutal. He didn't end up getting the job, but we feel like, honestly, he's dodged a bullet with that one. IfAA on TikTok shared that the anxiety is so real because people are so much more than how fast they can code, and we completely agree with that one. And Kurt shared, you should work for companies that review your open source contributions and check your soft skills and fit. So we love this suggestion and we will actually be having an episode coming out soon about open source, how to get into it and how it can help your career. Michael shared that jobs have pressures and deadlines, so it seems reasonable to test that. To which we had somebody from the community respond, deadlines exist, 
but not 30 minute deadlines it's not a hacking movie bro <laughs> again completely agree on to some of the comments that we've had on adrian's part one episode so in this episode we discussed the notion that bootcamp graduates and computer science graduates can often be compared and there's an argument about who is better in the what situation and on instagram we have brenda michelle saying that 100% cannot compare I feel like each person brings different skills and their own experience regardless of CS degree boot camp or even self-taught they're all valid paths and we love that take we think it's great that even though you can come from a different background it shouldn't mean that you are discriminated against simply because of the route you took and we had Sordogram say it would be great to hear from computer science students I think a lot of the convo doesn't actually hear from us my first question is why is there a comparison and where did it come from it's a great question and i would love to hear more from computer science students too so if you have an opinion on this topic please do tweet us let us know on instagram hit us up on tiktok let's keep the discussion going so we had ashley b coaches share their view and they said that they have the conversation frequently and work with many companies that demand a computer science degree from prospective employees, even though bootcamp graduates have the practical skills needed to do the job. On the flip side, they speak to computer science graduates who feel as though they've wasted four years of their life at university and are out of work while their bootcamp counterpart has secured paid work. Ultimately, the choice between the two depends on the individual's goals, learning style and career aspirations. A computer science degree may be better choice for those interested in a more comprehensive and academic approach, while bootcamp is more suitable to those who want to learn the practical skills quickly and enter the job market in a shorter amount of time. Both are amazing. We agree and great to have you on our page too. Get Real Today on TikTok said that bootcamps are good, especially on the practical side, but can't replace the depth of a degree in data science or machine learning just an interesting one and um, Olivia Voodoo who is UX UI and product said we need to normalize boot camps as valuable as uni degrees are at half the price which is an interesting one too thanks again to everybody who's participated in these discussions and I'm so excited to hear what you've got to say about this episode so please do get involved in our socials and listen out for next week to see if you're featured in our community comments the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.